0: Put that content down. Content. For closers only. What's your name? Content. That's my name. (laughs) You know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. Content is for closers.
1: All right, we're back with another episode. And we are here with, joined with the OG, the original... The the OC, really, the original customer, but also the OG. Santosh Sankar, host of future supply chain partner at Dynamo Ventures. Thanks for joining me, buddy. Yeah,
0: thanks for having me back, man.
1: I can't believe this is the third time you've been on. Yeah. Every time I, I introduce you to someone, or this week, weirdly, I feel like we've had these. I'm always like, man, this guy's the one that, that that took a bet on us. So I always have to thank you every time every yeah. time we do one of these.
0: You guys are you guys are good partners to us and in- what people don't probably know is you, you produce podcasts, but there's a lot of other things you guys work on, given you're part of a broader media platform. Yeah, so for sure. I, I, I'd certainly encourage people to ask you questions about those offerings as well.
1: Appreciate that. That's weird. We've had a lot of internal conversation around that. We kind of pegged ourselves a little bit too heavy in the podcast thing, I think. And so now we're, we're intentionally re-broadening that message a little bit, but dude, I know you've been running around like a crazy person. How was Manifest?
0: Manifest? Manifest is awesome. So second year, I tend to judge conferences by would I come back next year based on what I experienced this year. And like, without doubt, has my endorsement. And like the Dynamo team showed up this year. John flew in from the UK. He navigated everything weather threw at him. I think he had two canceled flights rebooked on a a less desirable carrier, but ended <laughs> up there and and hung out and he had a blast. He 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 told me. But if I recall right, I think you unfortunately fell victim to weather, so we're not able. I to- did,
1: and now I'm now I'm embarrassed. Did not know John. John found a way through the UK and the undesirable carriers. But yeah, I. We had our flight canceled and with American, which I'm sure, you know, uh, there was very few options and those options skyrocketed. I mean, it was going to be $2,000 more. Yeah. fly, crazy. So yeah, it just didn't work out. I'm very, uh, very disappointed. I missed it, but I've only heard great things from everyone who was there. We'll get you next year. Uh, It was,
0: it was good. What it was technically a panel, um, So, so as panels go, you have to be very brief. Uh, Mm -hmm. you have to be to the point in, in, in or with regards to that, but, uh, by and large, I think there are good points made. I think the, the takeaway that the room had was we've been, we have been in a period of like broadly speaking growth since 2009, since the great recession. And we had a little bit of a hiccup during COVID. But if anything, then things really accelerated. Totally. And the venture market with that has also been kind of calibrated more on growth, maybe growth at all costs to the detriment of just good disciplined, fundamental business building. And I think what the room likely has taken away is it's not about that anymore. It's It's about like, you need to grow, but how are you thoughtful about growth? And we're probably going through a, a year here where frankly, growth is not as appreciated. It's actually kind of being very thoughtful about how you build. If you're a later stage business, you know, demonstrating a path to break even, if not profitability is where it's at, which is a much different tune to dance to than a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. So yeah. Maybe a bit sobering, different. but equally felt welcome almost as well.
1: It seems like in the conversations I've had in, in this space specifically, supply chain tech, it there's like a renewed energy or almost it's not excitement because obviously the growth times are super exciting, but it's almost like a hey, we're gonna use this as an opportunity. Like we're gonna go figure this out. It's gonna be a up from the ashes type story. And people seem to be embracing that.
0: Yeah. it's it's constraints right there's basically a new constraint that has been put on entrepreneurs the teams that they work with and you know this you're an entrepreneur like entrepreneurial people when you put constraints on them it actually forces them to be even more creative and they find solutions to problems that they did not believe or did not think existed and I had a founder, a very early founder that we funded who I remember uh, he was running low on cash and he kind of told me, he goes, listen, like I've actually found out that I'm a better problem solver when my back is about to be put up against the wall. When I have all the cash in the world when I have all the resources in the world, I tend to find that I may not be as astute in allocating it. So interesting.
1: You You have to get creative. I want to talk more about the the environment, but, but before we do, how did the event go? I know you held a, an event there as well. Was
0: that, Oh man, it was blast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was I'll a blast. Had a good happy hour because you didn't come. We weren't able to hit our minimum or we really good to spend <laughs> to the minimum. So a few of us were there and I was trying to get, every, I was trying so hard. Like they're like 20 minutes till like you're done. And like, I'm ordering everybody two or three drinks and <laughs> assisting, <laughs> you know, Take it to go. You'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it was a blast. And I, I think, you know, when well, when you think about a conference, I think conferences are great. If done right, you bring all the right people together. So it's just a very efficient draw of my time. Because show up to one yeah. place and I meet. Like I got in on Wednesday. I had a board meeting because the entire board was basically at the event. And well, then two prior to that, I think there was like seven meetings I had, so it's like hyper efficient. Great. all before happy hour, and a happy hour. I mean, it was multiple. Yeah.
1: So for people who who didn't make to the event and, and didn't get to be a part of all the fun things we're talking about, you all did record your talk, right? That's the besties talk that
0: uh, we did. So, 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 there's a few different things. I think the the panel that I did with Peter at Merce. I believe Eden at Eclipse, who I met literally on the spot, as well as the Leto brothers should be published in the next couple of weeks. And then separate from that, all of the hosts of the happy hour, myself, Tide, Iron Spraying, Julian Schematic, Chris at Fontenelle is live. So, um, yeah, that is, that is a nice recap for, for folks. And equally probably some good macro banter amongst the four of us.
1: Yeah, I loved, I loved the allusion to the besties. It made me laugh and then it was pay. paid off as well, I thought. So good, yeah. good conversation to tune into. So we talked a little bit about the environment that we are headed in, the, that, that you know, some companies are already probably experiencing more than others, especially the bigger ones. What are you seeing in in the space in regards to the looming recession or, or the slowdown? And how, how is that affecting the startups that you all work with?
0: Yeah. So our strongest teams actually started containing costs about a year ago. So they were able to kind of look at the signals, talk to their investors, their boards, look around the corner is is what I call it. And so that's a great position to, to be in. And some of the... Some of the younger businesses, right, the pre-seed, seed businesses that have only recently raised capital, it's much more difficult to ascertain what is the right path forward. Because you're kind of like, I just raised $2.5 million and you're telling me not to do anything? It's like, no, 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 no. Like, what we probably have to go do is review where we were looking to sure. make investments or accelerate burn and what we expected that to drive in the business. And figure out, one, is that still worth doing, or is that the right objective in this kind of renewed environment? And if not, what is it that we should be calibrating towards, and what kind of burn should we have? And by and large, Mm -hmm. kind of the general advice we've espoused is kind of slow your burn. so, So lower it and slower it. And if you need to accelerate it, accelerate it on the back of customer progress. And namely revenue. And until we kind of get signs as to, hey, there's some some more clarity around the macro. Right now, like who's to say we may not hit a economic recession in the in the classic sense this year? Although that's what we we saw kind of material slowdown last year, but we, we may not quote unquote get two consecutive quarters of GDP growth. But there's a hell of a lot of other challenges we need to deal with as the kind of American citizens in the American economy and equally global citizens in a global economy. And the exception to that is there are going to be some businesses like great businesses. will still be able to figure it out. They'll be able to raise money. And that's where you have a, you have a conversation with your board as to, Hey, things are growing better than we thought. Should we accelerate and then plan to fundraise? Right. Um, Mm-hmm. That's on case by case basis, but in general, kind of rule of thumb: less and burn, slow it down, take it quarter by quarter. More data. the yeah, better That's so
1: interesting makes. because it, it it you know it sounds simple to say it, but it's like when when you say you know measuring more so by by progress or by revenue, that's like i oh, kind of just going back to business fundamentals, right? Like like these startups are now having to operate more like just regular, you know cash flow or cash flow basis companies as opposed to what they had been doing, which was an anomaly for a decade, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like growth, growth is not getting the premium that it once did, or, or, or rather, let me rephrase it. Sound growth is getting the premium. Investors sure. are, I- I- investors have woken up and realized they were assigning a premium to things that had nothing to show for it there there's just there might have not been growth maybe you're not ready to grow maybe there's no customer conversation there's no sound underlying reason as to why the business should exist or the product is built in a certain way those businesses were raising money and now there's a return to listen we're being paid to to do our homework go do your homework
1: yeah absolutely so when when people start thinking about growth that in this context and Obviously, with what our company does, we often get looped into some type of growth conversation. How are you advising companies to go about thinking about growth or executing plans to grow when, you know, the war chest is going to be a little bit tighter? Things are going to need to be a little bit more, call it conservative as they approach going out and, and, you know, either hiring or whatever it might be, whatever their growth plan entails.
0: Yeah. So a metric that is always worth tracking, in my opinion, is dollar net revenue retention, which basically shows you period over period how much you've grown or shrunk on a dollar basis from existing or pre-existing customers. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in an environment where customers are tightening the belt, and equally you have to be more capital efficient with how you operate and grow the business, this is a really interesting indicator because it's much easier to go to an existing customer and try to upsell them something that they need and that you might be able to solve than to go to an entirely new customer, right? You've already expended a lot of the acquisition cost in getting your toe in on the land. You need to expand revenues. So that's what, that's what I've seen kind of Groups boards focus on equally. That's what I, I I tend to focus on. That in general, as an sure. enterprise investor, as an early stage investor, you know, sell small, sell fast, and then quickly try to figure out how you can kind of sell an adjacency, right? But that has proven to be a great place for companies to focus on right now because you have a higher likelihood. You're a known thing. You know, higher higher likelihood of success. That's not to say that. You don't go chase new customers, but you might be a bit more thoughtful when you go do that opportunity costs.
1: So practically speaking, what can that look like? Like, like you just said, sell small, sell fast. Does that mean potentially offering a new market, you know, go to market strategy where you have a lower priced hook? Does it mean investing more in customer success? How do you see that coming to life most often?
0: Yeah. So generally, what happens? Uh, I'll think of one of our software businesses. They take they basically ascertain through customer discovery what what their MVP is, right? What's like that the most the, the the smallest unit of product and effort they need to expend to solve a problem that somebody's willing to pay you money for. On the back of that, you you get the product in, you start to make a little money, but you're learning a ton. You're learning a ton to mature that initial module further and make it a bit more wholesome version two, three, so on. But then you're also going to start learning about, okay, these are all the other things related to what I do. And perhaps a good example of this is a company we have in London called Raft. And James and the Sarget Raft have been amazing and they actually started the business on the back of vision technology that can read bills of lading. And they can, like, it could be run over. I've seen some nasty bills of lading. Coffee stains run over, water damage, different <laughs> languages. They're also not standard documents. It's not like a universal format. So all over the place. And their initial product was basically, we can extract data and allow you to dynamically input it into whatever system you need to right mm. and they sold contract on the back of that and then increasingly they start to build workflow optimizations adjacent to that that the freight forwarder would have to deal with next thing you know right this was like 2018 i think is when we wrote the first one today they're basically systematically going through and figuring out how do we make the freight forwarder's life easier right? Rather than throwing people at problems, how can they be smart through technology at these repetitive issues? And on the back of that, it's basically a more mature workflow product where you can buy different parts of the workflow. You can, over time, they're talking about different aspects of monetization around three to four different features. This is all separate from the fact that when they land these contracts, they might be landing an office, Like they might land the New York office of a a business of a large freight forwarder, right? And then that business likely has offices on the West Coast and the South and the Midwest. So you go to them, you have three more offices of a similar size. Oh, these guys have a London office. And then they have a gal that runs the Asia office. So it can also work as much as around a feature set or capability set across regions and geos, which is very natural as you go to. A medium to large enterprise. So that's kind of what we mean by land and expand.
1: Love that. I feel like that's super helpful and, and practical for people to to be able to use. You alluded there to finding a tool or finding a solution that can automate repetitive tasks. I have to ask you as a content guy and and because of what you do, what's your uh, have you played with AI? Any? What, what's your what's your take on how that's changing things for creators like us?
0: So, our Q4 letter to our investors was definitely assisted by ChatGPT. Oh, so it wasn't written entirely because I don't know if folks would try to write. I think that was that was one of our short letters. I think it was five pages. Wow, it's very good at it's very it's very good at helping you start out, but equally helping you synthesize and write something more concise. So almost in an editorial, yes. it, it, it can either be in a pre-write fashion or an editorial fashion. But we actually, a few of us got admitted into Notion's AI product over the last week. So we're all messy oh, around oh, with amazing. That, which is great it's embedded to it into, into our, into our workflow. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, it, yeah. it's quite good. I, I haven't spent enough time with it, but over the last couple of days, I've written some things, hit the magic button. And it kind of just takes some of the fluff out. And when I read it, I was like, oh yeah, I didn't need any of that. It doesn't add mm-hmm. anything to my copy, right? But we have a mantra here because a, a seed fund is a small business, right? And so we, we have a mantra as to, if we're doing it more than two times in a year, we need to document it. And when we document it, we need to figure out, can we automate it? So a human never needs to worry about wow. it or doesn't need to worry about it as much. And if that's not entirely possible, then document it thoroughly so somebody else on the team could pick it up and actually do the task. And so we're like heavy users of Zapier. I think we we implemented Zapier Q4 for a bunch of our comms as we kind of speak to companies and we're logging kind of progress in, in Notion. And we've cut out on a weekly basis as a result of that probably 30 odd emails one would send on the team wow it just it's input somewhere and it, and it's integrated back out and and the comms are automated for for everybody to consume that's just one workflow incredible just one workflow so, yeah
1: yeah definitely yeah i think it's i think it's unbelievable i can't wait definitely believe in i, I just it, can't wait for it to kind form future work part of the workflow it yeah it's it, it'll be a lot of seemed, fun a ton of hand wringing around you know it's going to replace it's going to do this it's going to do that and like i think it's pure enhancement pure you know progress and we've been using it quite a bit just testing it you know like you used it for your investor letter we've been using it for a lot of our own internal work so not not try to do it client facing yet but and the work is so good <laughs> that's the uh, yeah. You know, the prompts are are difficult, but once you start to figure out a formula around that, I think that's what's going to be the key long term is what are the recipes, what are the formulas in order to get the type of work out. And uh so we're very excited about that. But Santosh, I I always appreciate your time, always appreciate our discussions, appreciate you believing us from day one. And as always, it's been an honor and, and a pleasure getting to talk with you.
0: Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate your partnership.
1: And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Content is for Closers. We hope you find this show really helpful as you grow your business with content. Maybe you know of other people who would find this show helpful as well. How about you send them our way? If you didn't like this show and you want to tell us that, then you can head over to contentisforclosers.com where you can send us a message, give us some feedback, ask questions, or find detailed notes for every episode. Until next time, keep creating and keep closing. Oh,